0: Hello everyone and welcome once again to the Pilgrim Story Hour. My name is Moni Dujeji. and on today's episode I would like to speak about Carrying precious cargo. You know, as pilgrims, we spend a lot of time uh, worrying or thinking about all of the physical aspects of our journey. Preparing, for example, what kind of backpack are we going to carry? How much weight do we need to To think about what kind of socks, what kind of boots? Um, how am I going to get there? All of those, which are, you know, very valid concerns and things that you absolutely need to prepare and to consider. But in all of those preparations, I think sometimes we forget the fact that we are pilgrims and that we are walking or biking or going to a destination be it Jerusalem, be it Rome, be it Santiago de Compostela, Lourdes, Fatima wherever the sacred destination is that to many people is a place that is deeply sacred and that for many um, they are never in their lifetime going to be able to go there or to make the journey that you are making and that whole idea of being a pilgrim and being on a sacred quest was something that was driven home to me fairly early in my walk to Jerusalem. Oddly enough, it didn't happen to me on the Camino. When I walked the Camino that year, um, I really didn't get the feeling that it was for anyone else other than me. And perhaps I also wasn't in that space where I was actually looking outside of myself. But as soon as I started walking from Rome, um, almost immediately, I would say on my first day, I was carrying a, a fairly big backpack, as you can imagine. um this was a much longer journey than the Camino It was like five thousand kilometers or thirty four hundred miles and um it was pretty heavy. I was wobbling a little bit, and I wasn't going as quickly or making much, as much progress as I thought that I would be able to make and so I had stopped at this little bar, having just cleared the city limits of Rome. It really wasn't very far, maybe ten kilometers, and I was just sitting there and I was having some water and two gentlemen older gentlemen that were sitting at the table nearby saw that i was struggling a little bit and i was feeling a a little bit down and and so you know they approached me and they spoke very broken english and and i didn't speak any italian at that time at all and so um through very basic communication and gestures and very basic words i led them to understand that i was walking and that i was walking to jerusalem and they asked me more than once to repeat to make sure that i was saying the right thing and and so i said I, I, yes that is exactly where i'm going to jerusalem and this was my first day and these two older gentlemen just sat beside me and they just looked at me and their eyes just started to tear up and they immediately just wanted to help me in any way that they could they wanted to get me more water they wanted to buy me more food which which was very which was very touching but what ensued from that was that they these are people who had never been to Jerusalem they had never really left their country and that they didn't think that they would be able to make that journey anytime during their lifetime and they asked me to pray for them that was the very first time that I was asked to be prayed for and it was not something that i was accustomed to as i said i had always considered it my my journey and my path and when they asked me to pray for them in jerusalem um it just felt all of a sudden that it wasn't just about me that also involved other people and that before me was the opportunity to carry a prayer carry some healing carry some love for these pilgrims these individuals who would never be able to make this journey and theirs would be the beginning of literally hundreds, and it's no exaggeration when I say it was hundreds of people in all the 13 different countries that we walked through who would ask us to pray for them. And I started to write down their names. I wrote down their names and I wrote down what they were asking for. And some of them asked for prayers in locations other than Jerusalem. They, some people knew that we were going to Medjugorje, for example, and so they asked us to pray in Medjugorje. And it became even more meaningful, I think, when we entered the Arab world into countries like Syria and meeting Palestinians and Lebanon, for example, where these are people who for sure never would be able to make the journey to Jerusalem. And that, that city for them especially is a very sacred place as well. And so to carry their prayers and their wishes for peace, and their love became something also very deeply personal and deeply touching and very powerful as well. And so those were the first kind of bit of precious cargo which got me thinking a little bit outside of myself. And as we continued walking, especially again in the early parts of the journey, um, people started giving us very personal objects to bring with us. To Jerusalem so one of the first things that other than the prayers which became very powerful um, there was one day when we were walking along the side of the road as we normally did it was someplace in Italy maybe about a three or four weeks walking and this older lady in her house coat was standing on the edge of her driveway and she was kind of you know waving us over waving us over and Um, you know, we crossed we crossed the road to go over to her and you know, we introduced ourselves. And by then we had, you know, a little bit of a command of Italian so we could speak in some broken sentences what we were doing. And she had seen us because she was driving that road every day, and she had seen us and she had wanted to, you know, to to introduce herself and to help us on our journey. And so she brought us in and you know, she gave us some cookies and she gave us some juice and tea. And and as we began speaking with her a little bit more she uh she started speaking about her husband and how sad she was and that it had been a very difficult time for her from the time that he had passed and that somehow she couldn't find the courage or the strength uh to keep moving forward and to continue on with her life and when she brought out the picture of him it was just a a little passport photo to show to us i don't even know why i decided to say it but i said well why don't we bring him to jerusalem with us and we'll find him a place when we get there um and hopefully he will be at peace which we know he already is but maybe that too will bring you a measure of peace as well and her face just lit right up she was just so so emotional and so happy and she took that picture and she actually wrote a little note a little I don't don't, didn't read Italian very well so she wrote a little note on the back and her two children had come home at that time when that we were there and they also wrote a small little note um, on that photo that we then carried with us to Jerusalem Um, he would also be the first of many shall we call them invisible angels that would walk with us we carried i think there were about four or five different photos that we brought with us and took to Jerusalem and when we arrived there um we explained our needs to um in the church it was in the church of holy sepulcher which most people wanted us to leave their uh, loved ones or the or the prayers there and they allowed us to leave it in a very special place inside the church and so we delivered them to jerusalem and other objects that you know you don't really know what's going on in people's hearts until you begin to speak with them a little bit there was another young man who we met in italy during our walk and he asked us to carry a locket in the shape of a heart and it carried inside um that locket it was a love that was lost and we didn't get into the story of it it was very personal but for him it was important to carry this object and to give it a place to be in jerusalem um a young man that we met in croatia when we were walking along the side of the road Uh, he was a journalist and he was interviewing us and at the end of our interview he asked us to bring a candle He actually had a long kind of tapered candle that he asked us to bring to Jerusalem and to light it for him and for peace in his country, which we did actually bring and it arrived very plastered, very flat (laughs) after having had to walk another, you know, eight, nine months. But it arrived and it lit and we did a small prayer for peace in his country as well a woman in macedonia an old elderly lady who uh, just saw us walking and she under knew what we were doing and uh, gave us one euro a one euro coin to deposit again in jerusalem and to say a prayer for her family and so these are the kinds of um requests that we were getting as pilgrims not that we were walkers we weren't just hikers to them to these people we were pilgrims and we were on a journey that was very sacred to them. And it really helped me, especially, um, take some pride in being a pilgrim. Because until then, I didn't want the label of being a pilgrim attached to me because it's, oh, you know, religious connotations, religious reasons. And it's not that. A pilgrim is someone who walks from the heart. And when you are walking from the heart, you're opening yourself to receive a great deal of love as well. And you have the opportunity to bring that love with you wherever you go. And so if you are a pilgrim and you're about to begin your your research or your quest, I encourage you to make it known to those around you that you are a pilgrim and that you are prepared to carry with with you maybe a prayer, maybe a special wish, maybe a unique intention of those around you who themselves cannot make that journey. And in the process, I believe that you will be offering some healing, offering to alleviate maybe a little bit of pain and a little bit of suffering and offering a great service, a most beautiful service to them, to yourself, and ultimately to the Camino, this beautiful path that we all walk and we all share. I hope you enjoyed the story today, and I wish you all a muy buen Camino wherever your path may lead you.